You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast. Your host, Olivia, here. And today I have an amazing copywriter. And this is is a little different. You know, welcome to season seven, by the way. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Today, I have Lucy with me, and she's a copywriter behind the brand My Right Hand Woman. She specializes in writing personality-packed copy that converts for women-run businesses. She started her business straight out of college at 21 and made six figures in her first full year in business. Congratulations. Give claps. Thank you. (laughs) She's the writer behind international corporations, fast growth startups, world-famous bakeries, seven-figure coaches, and many creative entrepreneurs. She uses both the client's brand voice and zesty humor so they can stand out online, create a fun brand presence, and scale much faster. She's coming from Maryland, and I've got her links in the show notes below. And if you're watching this on YouTube in the the description, it's in the description. So definitely uh, check her out. Her Instagram's a lot of fun, and it's really colorful and If you're looking for a copywriter, she is the woman for you. She is your right hand woman or my right hand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) No, that was amazing. Thank you. No, I'm so happy to be here, Olivia, and just excited to kind of have this unfiltered chat with you about writing and entrepreneurship and scaling and really wherever this convo goes, I'm here for it. Yeah. So we talked a little bit in the beginning about how you started doing this. And, you know, you, you were kind of just figuring out, do you want to share that with the listeners? Yeah, I would love to. So, um, I've always loved to write. I think like when you think about like yourself as a kid, like everyone's like, oh, I want to be an astronaut or like a firefighter. I wanted to be a cheetah conservationist, but like beyond that, um, I also loved to write and thought that I could potentially be a writer. So when I went to college, I was a content writer for a pretty well-known food magazine. And when I left college, I had that obvious panic moment that every college student has where I'm like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I knew I didn't want to work for a boss. So um, from there, I just joined a lot of really empowering Facebook groups online of female entrepreneurs and kind of got a pulse on what other people were doing. And that's when I came across the word copywriter for the first time. And at first I was like, oh, cool, that's a lawyer, Um, because um, I immediately thought of copyright law. But as I continued to look into it, I was like, wait, this is persuasive writing. It's really clear, concise, catchy, poppy, and I can use humor and use my own style And then it was like unlock dream job status for me. So I set up probably like a really run of the mill Facebook page and just started putting all of my writing samples from my entire life onto a Google doc and sent it out to female entrepreneurs that needed a copywriter. And from there, I signed a couple very brave clients that were willing to be like my first two or three. Um, And from there it snowballed and I was able to develop a brand, really get professional with my website and serve a much more high-end clientele. So for one, thank you for sharing that. And, and it of was course. so concise and well, um, 
what would you say were some of your favorite Facebook groups for the listeners that are female entrepreneurs that are not necessarily a part of a lot of Facebook groups? Oh, absolutely. So freelancing females was huge. Um, Now they have more of a directory slack where it's like you pay a little bit each month and you're in the directory. It's like literally $5 a month. It's like a no brainer investment. Um, But they used to be like a free Facebook group and now they still do like advice in the Facebook group. So that's invaluable. There's like 60,000 women in it. Um, I also really love, so this is a newer one that I didn't join, but now if I were doing me like three, two years ago, I would join this one. Um, It's called the break room and it's only service providers. They actually don't allow coaches in, which is great if you're a service provider and not so great if you're a coach. Um, And then successful female entrepreneurs is another great group. Um, I think those would definitely be my big three. Um, And then there's also society gal, which is a fun one to look into if you're like particularly creative. I love that. I love that. And I speaking on like the break room and how they don't allow coaches in, you know what? I, I don't blame them because frankly, I'm not like just a coach. I'm a content creator as well. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I'm looking for certain things for like, I have another brand called relentless glory. And I find that people are always trying to pitch in what they do versus actually like give real value. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just a side note, but I, I find that that's something that's like, I understand it's so intentional and it's important to talk about what you do, but I feel like the internet and the way that we're moving in such a transactional way is really mm-hmm. affecting us. And I almost feel like the way that I, a lot of coaches, and I've just been noticing this recently are operating. It is very transactional. Um, but that's just, that's just, yeah, no, I hear you. And I think like, I've seen the transactionalness, for lack of a better word with service providers too. I mean, I think there's some coaches that are absolutely fabulous. And so I don't think it's like mutually exclusive, but I totally agree with you in that. Honestly, like this whole idea of like pitching services, I don't agree with. Um, I started my business. I've never sent a cold pitch or a cold proposal to anybody. Um, I did everything through attraction marketing, my content, and just finding leads who found me and just felt drawn to me. And I feel like that's actually helped me build a really aligned business that just never got that like ick factor. So when you first started out, what were the steps that you took? Like I understood that you sent out a lot of samples, but did you hire? someone to help you with this? No. Um, I, a lot of people told me, follow copywriting mentors, follow this guru, take this course, download this freebie. And I was like, I'm not going to do any of it. Um, from the get-go, I was like, I'm going to write in my style. I'm going to see who resonates and I'm going to build a brand from what I want to do and what I feel called to. And, um, once I actually was able to grow my business, that's when I was like, oh, maybe I should like check out this course scene. But I just find that like writing has to really come from an emotional place. You have to connect with the ideal client. And sometimes I feel like all those sales tactics and these like guru marketing, it kind of just takes away from the main thing that people want to buy from people. So if you talk to people like people in web copy, you'll make more sales. Oh yes. I love that. Oh man. And I've, (laughs) if you're listening to this right now, if you're watching this right now and you're considering becoming just starting a business, whether it is, you know, copywriting, coaching, and me being a coach, I'm not 
saying that all coaches are like that. I'm just saying that I've, I've gotten pitched to way too much in the past couple of months. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean, we are always told that you have to pitch to get ahead and like, no one teaches us how to do this attraction marketing, but it's, it's really effective if you can just like lean into your brand voice authentically. I love attraction marketing. You know, I actually spoke about this on a previous con uh, podcast and it really, it's so less salesy, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's yeah. you don't feel like a sleazy salesperson because people that come to you really genuinely want what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, one thing I loved about your website is it's so clear and concise about what you offer, what you'll get, what the packages are, what your price point is. So there's no questions. You don't feel like you're you, you don't, you know how much it's going to cost <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah. straight up. You, there's no guessing game with that. And I, and I really appreciate that you put that up there. Yeah. I mean, transparency has always been one of my brand values and just like a copy tip I would say for people is um, oftentimes when you don't put any semblance of prices on your site, people think one of two things. They think, oh, this person is hiding something or there's no way in hell I'm going to afford this person. Um, so I think putting some sort of starting price or just like really being clear about what people are getting when they open up their wallet is going to make people so much more likely to purchase something because there's just already that trust factor there. Absolutely. And with, I, I've looked at a, a, a bit of your work. So do you do website design at all, or do you just do the copy? I don't do any design. I always joke that if you have me design your site, I hope you're ready for like a second grade school project because I am not artsy. Um, I knew that from the get-go and there's just so many other fabulous female designers that I would much rather refer to and then just make sure that the final product is absolutely stunning. Absolutely. That is, um, you know, working in your wheelhouse and knowing mm -hmm. where, yeah. how, how to work with your skills and knowing when to hire out other people for things is very, very important. What advice would you give to any new entrepreneurs that are in the freelancing space of copywriting? Yeah. So for new copywriters, I would say find your edge. I mean, people are going to tell you all the time. They're going to be like, copywriting is saturated. Don't go into it. Well, that's like terrible advice because every industry is saturated, but you know, it, it does give you that extra kind of fire where you need to stand out. And maybe that is like talking about like really bold, controversial things in your content, or if that's not your style, maybe just like a really solid visual brand that helps you be memorable. So whatever it is, that's your edge. You have to lean into it because there are a lot of fish in the sea, but you could be like a very sparkly fish and you can still totally make it. I love that. A very sparkly fish. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be my new hashtag <laughs> after it's this like, episode. People people resonate. They go with who they need to go with. You don't need to have all the clients. That's not what you're saying. Like, and if you're starting out in business, you have to understand, like, you need to know how many clients you are willing to take on for one, mm -hmm. um, what your bandwidth is, you know, how with, with your rapid success, how do you manage a work-life balance? Yeah. So I also have this interesting thing where I don't book out. Um, if I 
if I'm booking out, I'm raising my prices because the way that I work is through VIP days. So I actually will write people's entire websites in one day. And if they need their website and their sales pages written, we do it in two days, smush together and call it a retreat. Um, so that's a decision I made really early on because the back and forth was just, it was really making us lose momentum. And I felt like the copy was weaker. So I was like, you know what, we're just going to be in this together. Like you're you're going to have your phone by you and we're going to bang it out. So from there, I moved to VIP days and um, I was doing about like 10, 15 days per month. And for me, that felt really good because I was either totally on really mindful and staying present with the client writing copy, or I wasn't even thinking about work. And for me, that felt really healthy. And that's kind of what I decided to do moving forward. And I do some projects, but I really love that model. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that... and. It, for you, your work is, it's granted, it's transactional, but you can spend a lot of time getting to know the person, getting to know the brand, mm-hmm. give them a phenomenal, phenomenal work turned over to them very, very quickly through your VIP days. And then it makes them so much money because with you writing for websites, you writing for coaches, you're writing for businesses. It is to increase their sales. So it is definitely an investment that people are making in professional copy, but can you share some of the success stories from the copies that that you've written? Yeah. I mean, there's like the success stories that are like a company launches, they make multi-million dollars, are able to have like high-end collabs. Like those are so fun. But I think the ones that like really warm my heart is I was writing for a woman who she is a mom and she recently left left her full-time job. And she was telling me that she's like, I'm going to have to get another job unless I'm able to get my business off the ground. So we wrote copy for her sales page. And she told me that she had a five-figure launch. And because of this launch, she was able to fully stay at home, take care of her son and run her business. And I think like, those are the stories that really warm my heart because these are like women that are like your next door neighbor. These are not like multinational corporations. And just by writing a really concise, clear, memorable sales page for them, it helps them sell out their offer and it helps them really change their life more than it would probably change the life of a bigger corporation. Absolutely. And I mean, there, there's a love for corporations as well. You know, they, they, but, um, when you are really helping that small entrepreneur, absolutely, it, it, it is more fulfilling knowing that you're actually changing somebody's life because they don't <laughs> like, you don't know what these big corporations do with their money. Like they pay their employees. They just, we, we, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would like ever touch a corporation that's like actively doing unethical business practices. I, when I say corporation, I'm usually working for like female run brands um, that are a little bit more mission driven. Um, but I, I mean, I would totally work with like a massive company if the opportunity presented itself, but I think like my heart is always going to be in female entrepreneurs and businesses that serve women, especially businesses that change the landscape for women, um, and kind of disrupt industries. Those tend to be my favorite because you can just get so controversial and so fun with the voice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like it. I, um, (laughs) so this brand is, is definitely for women. I do have men on here sometimes, but my other brand is just for people in general. Yeah. And, um, it's not really, it's, it's more so about just bringing people to God and just sharing the amazing things that God has done in my life and my partner's life, my partner, like business partner, not my husband. 
feel like I've got to explain that, but what makes you have such a heart for female businesses? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I feel really lucky that growing up, I always had parents that were like, we would treat you the same if you were a boy. So I was always given so many opportunities to be really vocal and to be assertive and try things and fail hard. And I think that's invaluable because kids, they, they get these messages from an early age of like what they can and can't do. And I think I was given a lot of confidence. So when it came time for me to do like the, okay, well, I'm going to start a business straight out of college, like crazy move. I felt really good about it. Cause I was like, you know what? The worst thing that happens is I'm going to fail. I've failed before. If I fail again, then I'm just going to have to get back up, get a job, figure it out. And I think like that unattachment was really helpful because I wasn't afraid of like making the risky moves. Thank you for sharing that. I, I relate to that a lot because I did have a very, you know, strong mom that allowed mm. me to see that, you know, women can do anything that men can yeah. do and not being afraid of failing because you fail forward in life. Mm. I think that's one of the biggest things that I didn't really acknowledge when starting out in entrepreneurship. Like I was like, I'm not afraid of failure, but literally it's just one of those things like you're not, I I had to let go of perfection. I had to let go of people pleasing. I had to let go of a lot of things, Mm -hmm. which actually brings me to ask you, like, what are some of the things that you had to let go of for your own personal growth and your business growth? Oh yeah, that's a tough one. I think definitely the first thing of letting go of is this idea of what success looks like. Um, I definitely succumbed to hustle culture, um, in a way that I'm not proud of. I remember in my first six months of business, I was like proudly posting like another 14 hour day, another 16 hour day. Didn't eat today. Um, four hours of sleep, keep grinding, like all that stuff that I thought you had to do to be seen as a successful entrepreneur. And then I got to this point where I'm like, wow, I like feel really terrible. Um, and of course I feel terrible. Like I'm not taking care of my health. I'm not like taking walks outside or seeing friends. Um, so I had a radical shift that I'm like, no, like success is not working hard and building a million dollar business. It's, it's working sustainably. It's working in a way where you're really happy. It's striving to find whatever your definition of joy is and it's helping people and making the impact that you want to create. And if that comes with a lot of money, then awesome. I think women should also be really unapologetic in their income goals because sometimes um, that can be seen as a taboo too. But I think it's just so much more holistic than hitting one milestone. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I love that. Because uh, the hustle culture, oh, goodness, I was one of those too. Like work, 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 work. Yeah, it's so hard because that's how you are showing like the world. You're like, look, I'm working so hard. But like, who cares? Like if you're working hard and not moving the needle, like you're not going to get anywhere. It's all a matter of like smart action, aligned action that actually helps you grow a business. I'm all about enjoying the journey. You know, yeah. I help my clients with that too. It's really about not just being successful in business, but also being successful in the relationships that you have in your life mm-hmm. and, and your health. And, you know, when you, when you do leave your cave of work, that you <laughs> your work is like, it's almost like, you know, you get in your little world, this is what's going on. And then, and then it's like, you step out to see what else is going on out there. Like, for sure. Absolutely. And so you don't feel complete. Like for me, I'm such an extrovert. And I've got a lot of friends, a lot of different places. And while I do feel extremely removed from a lot of society, mm-hmm. it 
simply because, you know, I'm so laser focused. And I think that's something that comes along with just being a business owner and having, you know, just being involved in the things that you do in your life. Most people are laser people that are doing things in their lives Mm -hmm. and not, not just following the trends. They're usually (laughs) pretty focused on their goals. Yeah. You know, when you step out into seeing what else is going on, so you don't feel like a complete alien, you know, I think you should do it a little more often than not. So incorporating <laughs> yeah. that time with friends and different people that are not necessarily entrepreneurs are not necessarily in the same industry. Um, that has helped me too, um, along this, but I, I love how you talked about just the success culture of hustle culture. Yeah. It's everywhere. And I think it just recently started getting better. Now we're moving into more like self-care culture, like look at your mental health. But um, I think this was a conversation that honestly didn't really start actually happening until the pandemic. So um, I think we still have ways to go in terms of people seeing that like you can be super successful and happy, um, especially with remote work, flexible working hours, just all of the access we have to the internet. Um, Like the way you can run a business is just really different today too. Thank God for that. Cause I just, yeah. I love the fact that I don't have to go into an office yeah. per se to run a business. I don't have to have a brick and mortar to be known. There's so many different ways to market what you've got going for on. Sure. Um, yeah. What did you find was the most, was your most beneficial form platform to market on? I loved Instagram from the get-go. It was something I was really comfortable with because of just my generation. I was like posting vacation pics. And I was like, well, this seems like a really natural place for me to market my business. Um, So when I was like just starting to grow, that's when Instagram came out with Reels. And one of my clients, I was actually writing her copy for a Reels course. And I was like, I should probably just take the course. Um, So we like double invested in each other. Um, So I took the course. And from there, that is kind of like my, I think this is where I exploded phase because the reels algorithm was new. I was one of the few people creating, I had maybe like 500 followers on my account at that time. And I put out a reel that I just thought was funny. I used like a trending audio and I woke up and it was like 250,000 plays. And I had, I got like 250 ideal client followers from this one reel. And I was like, Oh my gosh, why is everyone like not doing this? Um, so from there I made reels, my number one strategy. Now I'm for the most part, I'm on Instagram. Very few people come to me through LinkedIn. I think I'm not corporate enough for that. I like square too much. Um, so I I love Instagram just because it's so easy to build a personal brand there. I just recently started using my Instagram more. I was old school and I'm not even like I'm under 30, but (laughs) I, I had this, my Facebook, it was just so much more like conversational for me, but now I started yeah. using Instagram more this year and it's, it's been fun. I still, I use both LinkedIn, you know, I feel like either platform you go on, you just have to work at, but thank you for yeah. sharing that about, you know, Instagram and the reels aspect of it. And I feel like we, we think that we get the shiny object syndrome so mm-hmm. much as new entrepreneurs yeah, and just entrepreneurs in general and just people in general. But when you just stick to something that works for you, 
and not what other people have. Just like you were saying before, like I didn't ask, you didn't ask all these people before you just found what worked for you Yeah, and you just went with it and you owned yourself. And I, I love that. That is something that is very admirable, especially among someone your age, because so many people are not uniquely themselves. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And I think I sometimes like look back and I'm like, well, so many things could have gone wrong, you know, just because, but the truth is there is no roadmap. Like anyone who promises they have a roadmap or a step-by-step guide to success, like they don't, like the only people who have it are probably those people who help you tap into your intuition because the truth is like every business is different. And there's, if there was one way, like that person would be like a trillionaire. Um, it's just a matter of like trying on different hats and seeing what works. How, what has helped you remain um, consistent and continue to persevere throughout the lows of business? I think just straight drive. I knew I wanted this so badly. I, I didn't want to work for a boss. Every time I've worked for a boss, I'm just like, oh, I could do this better. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and do it better. Like I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Um, and I think just some days when it's low, it's a matter of just like take a walk and get back to it. Because at the end of the day, like if you break that consistency or if you give up, most people give up like right before they explode. So it's just a matter of making sure that you are taking care of yourself, but you're also just not giving up. People give up right before they explode. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's a good one right there. That's, that's a good quote. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right though. I really do. I think, and the fact that you just, you have the drive, you know, your why, you know, a lot of the things you're, you're so gifted. And I'm honestly, Lucy, I'm so excited to see what you do, you know, in the next upcoming years, because you're just so driven. So what are some of your goals for, let's say 2024? Ooh, 2024. That's a good one. Cause like five years down the line, I'm like, I have no idea, but like three months I can do a little better than that. Um, so I've never been a person who's like shied away from taking like those risks. So I definitely see myself like starting businesses, um, just really like leaning into cool ideas that I have. And, um, on top of that, supporting other female businesses that I see, I always say like one of my big goals is to actually become an angel investor and just help other women start what's on their heart. Um, but yeah, I just, I see myself continuing to write. Obviously, I don't think that's ever going to be something I let go, um, is just this personal brand of my right-hand woman, because I just, it really lights me up, but I hope to continue diversifying and trying on new shoes and just really going for it. If I have cool ideas or I want to bring something to the market. Lucy, you've got a skill that so many people don't have when it comes to writing. And while, you know, you're market might seem saturated, which I don't think it is because I'm not in copywriting. And I just, you know, I just, I'm like, is, is it really? Cause I don't know that many, but I, you always feel like your, your market is saturated when you're in it, but, and when that's the, the things you see, but the fact that Google and so many things are already just letting editing your writing for you. They are editing it for you nowadays because people do not know how to properly write. Um, Mm. And honestly, because of the pandemic and because of the amount of children that have been pushed through the system 
to not mm-hmm. fail. I've, I've yeah. talked to so many people in the education realm of, and just saying how the states have just pushed children through that that is going to have a detrimental effect to a lot of our society, as well as the fact that we have replaced a lot of menial labor jobs with technology. Going forward, I definitely see there being a decline in the overall intelligence of a decent amount of the population that we have in the world. And the fact that you are all, you've already started such such a good age and you're going to continue to move and do so many more things. You're going to be so, so, so successful. So I, I seriously, I'm just so excited to like watch and see what you do. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, no, I, I really appreciate you having me here. And um, this has been really fun just getting to talk to you and obviously all of the other unfiltered entrepreneurs that probably are, I mean, seven seasons. Like I was looking through and I was like, man, she's killing it. Talk about being consistent. Um, so I'm just excited to see what season seven looks like and um, continue to follow you and cheer you on. Thank you so much, Lucy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.